0: You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Joshua Snar. Hey, how's it going, man? Josh, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally?
1: So my name's Josh. I'm from Sacramento, California. I'm actually a chef and just got into that somewhat recently. I'm pretty excited about it.
0: Now, when we say chef, are you cooking up cheeseburgers? Are you cooking a barbecue? Are we talking about a nice porridge soup? Uh, I'm actually doing sushi
1: right now, uh, professionally, and then on the side I do other gigs where I cook everything else.
0: Now, why particularly are you? Which one are you more of a fan of, sushi?
1: Uh, it's really technical with sushi, so I really like that aspect of it. But just before I got into this, I was doing construction. So
0: that's a big leap from construction to sushi.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I got. I didn't really like. What I was doing. I got to a management position and it was kind of miserable for me. So I decided to check out Craigslist. And then my first gig I got was a sushi chef position.
0: What's um the one thing you've kind of learned about at least doing sushi in a way?
1: Um, you know, I had to learn everything of the restaurant aspect. I've never really done anything in a restaurant except for eat. So it's kind of it's very new to me.
0: I try to get a sushi um, position at one point, but the weirdest thing is, so when someone says they want authentic Chinese food and you walk into a Chinese restaurant, you look for someone that is of that nationality. So I didn't know this was an actual thing until I read an article um, that was produced by the show hot ones, where they actually talked to a, a white guy who was a sushi chef for like 30 something years. And he couldn't get a job at any local restaurants. It took him forever because just of his nationality. And I I was like, that can't be true. But when I went to go get a job, like I I live in Ocean City, Maryland. So we have the ocean on one side and the bay on the other. So there's practically sushi everywhere. There's fish everywhere. It's like our primary thing. And me and my buddy were looking for jobs. My buddy's Vietnamese, and we both applied at a couple sushi places. He got in immediately. He had a couple of scheduled interviews, and I didn't get anything. And I'm like, we I have more anything experience than he does with, like, just job applications and, first of all, being involved in the restaurant industry. But he even mentioned it. He was like, yeah, I think it's a lot to do with your nationality because I can't cook sushi for shit.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, it's a huge stigma, and it's a lot of... Um there's not a lot of female sushi chefs either so it really just depends on who the person is hiring i got really lucky with my guy he's a mentor to me he's been really great with me he's showed me in a lot and i'm one of the only white sushi chefs i know
0: yeah and see when i saw when i saw that i was like no way like how did he slip into that like the one dude that was in the hot ones article he I mean, he went through the process of actually learning it from the actual culture. He was spent, I think it was a couple of years, you're only allowed to work with rice, and then they move you up to actually working with the meat and actually getting the full process of it down. And he couldn't get anything when he came to America to find a job. And uh, he ended up owning his own restaurant and hires anybody because, you know, being able to teach them. And, you know, that's the one thing. It's really, really strange when someone says, I want to go get authentic Chinese food. You immediately expect a Chinese person to work there.
1: Oh, yeah, I totally get that. Uh, For a long time, when I'm at the bar, it took forever for anyone to want to sit in front of me. So everyone else had people in front of them working, and I just strictly just watched in front of me, and there was no one ever in front of me.
0: Now, what's the one thing that you found tricky about just making sushi?
1: It's like, people will say, oh, it's not really cooking, but... It all comes down to such a technical aspect. So if the rice isn't done properly, then it's going to be hard to form everything. If the quality of the fish isn't good, you're going to have an issue with that. You know, it's all these little things, all the preparation, all the time it takes to do all of this. And it comes down to two, three bites. And it'll take a whole day to prep everything for those two, three bites.
0: Yeah, sushi is a weird one, man, because I'm a... (laughs) When it comes to eating sushi, I'm more than happy going to a Panda Express or a Chinese buffet and just literally paying $20 to the point where I'm grabbing sushi roll upon sushi roll upon sushi roll. Um, Just recently, I ordered Chinese food, and I was like, oh, they got the mahi tuna rolls. I'm like, that must be good. Next thing I know, I ordered, it was like 20 bucks. I was like, all right, it's probably going to give us a lot. I ordered it and I got it. It was like four. I was like, what is this? Like, I'm the guy that when you take to an all-you-can-eat buffet and they have California rolls, I'm literally looking at the chef and I just take my plate and see the plate of sushi there and I just switch them.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I used to do that a lot too. Um, I still do that sometimes. (laughs) But a lot of it has to do with the quality. So you can only get certain fish like from certain areas because the pathogens and bacteria and everything.
0: And that's just because it's raw, it's raw right? So you have to make sure it's yeah. perfectly good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you can't just go to Costco and grab a salmon and then just eat it like that.
0: Yeah, because I know a lot of people that try to make their own sushi at home buying like just random fish or something from like a store, like a Walmart or something, and next thing you know, they get sick.
1: Yeah, the first time I tried to do my own side gig there was, uh, it was for the UC Davis Primate Center and that ended up costing like close to $400 for everything just for like 10
0: people. So is it, is it so expensive just on the basis of how hard it is to kind of get the ingredients? Like you're getting everything fresh?
1: Yeah, it's the freshness and then that extra time it takes to learn how to do everything. So it's like, it's, Like it's like construction, you know, you're not paying the guy to do the job in 10 minutes. You're paying the guy for the time it took him to learn how to do it in 10 minutes.
0: Does it ever get awkward just people staring at you making sushi? That's like the one thing I hate about Chipotle or any type of subway or something, because you're literally like pointing at the person like, I want this, I want that, I want this. You don't see a lot of that, though, in a sushi restaurant.
1: Oh, they like to, they love to stare. And I like that aspect of it. I like to show off a little bit. It's fun. You get to talk to everybody, find out what they like, what they do. It's really, I prefer that probably to the back of the kitchen.
0: That's probably where all the yelling and screaming is. At least every time I walk into a Chinese restaurant, that seems like what's going on.
1: Oh, yeah. And, if there's, and it's funny because it becomes a volatile scene sometimes when you're running around during a rush. And it's one little thing can make a huge difference in the whole night. And then you're irritated for the day, but then you come back the next day and everything's
0: fine. Yeah, that's anything in the restaurant industry. There's just so much. (laughs) That's one of the most tension filled places, I think, in the whole entire place is the fact the kitchen, it gets hot in there. Then everybody's on top of each other. Then you're rushing around and then everybody's getting overwhelmed. But literally any chinese place any other like whatever sushi whatever american place you want to say that's the only one that you can walk into and you literally can get treated like shit but you'll still buy the food
1: oh yeah um that's because i think a lot of that has to do with not being able to make it yourself like you can go home and you can make fries you can make a steak yourself and so, if you're gonna if you have that ability to go out, you're not gonna be like, oh, yeah, go ahead, it's fine, treat me like shit.
0: Well, just like ordering takeout, too. Like, if you're ordering Domino's pizza, even if you don't have the ability to make the pizza or anything, you're sitting there on the phone, like, oh, what do you guys have on the menu? I'd like to get some cheesy crust, man. Can I get some breadsticks, dude? Can you? can you make me an Italian latte? And the guy's just like, well, sir, this is Domino's. And let me tell you, our list of menu options are very, very rare, but we cannot make you an espresso, but I could tell you what I can do for you. And then they're being so convenient, so nice and so polite. And you call like a Chinese restaurant or something to get like a uh, takeout. And I'm like, they go, hello. And I'm like, yeah, can I get um <laughs> like a, like an egg roll? Okay. Um yeah, and then they give you the price or something and then like, oh wait, I wasn't done with my order. What else do you want? Oh, I don't know, like <laughs> and and they're rushing you so fast and it's like 10 minutes and then they hang up and I'm like, "Well, <laughs> shit, how much is it? I want to know."
1: <laughs> okay. So I think a lot of that has to do with two different reasons. One is like a place like that is uh like Domino's or whatever is going to be a corporate business. So they have a very different mentality on how they want to make their money, how they want to pursue their business. And then Another thing is there might be like a language barrier when you go to another place. So it's not that they're trying to be rude. They're trying to be concise in what they're saying and say, Hey, what would you like next? But like, what do you want now? You know, that's how it comes out. Cause of that language
0: barrier. It's like Starbucks when you ask for a coffee and they go, what else do you want? And you're like, what else do you have? They're like we have CDs to offer you. If you want a CD, you're like, what kind? They're like, I got Barry Manilow. You're like, okay.
1: Yeah, and they're like, oh, what's your name? I'm like, Josh. And they put Jocelyn on the cup. And I'm like, that's not what I said.
0: So close. I love the the experience, though, because any Chinese restaurant or just takeout place in general, if you're going there, there's immediately a fish tank. I don't know why, but it's just there.
1: Oh, it's super relaxing. I had um, this older couple that I used to live with, and they were Chinese. They used to own a restaurant. And I was living with them and they had these massive goldfish they were like a foot long i don't think they were koi because they weren't really shaped like koi but they were just these massive fish and i used to just hang out and watch them in the morning and drink my coffee
0: i see i always got really curious because i was like what is where did this culture come from And everyone's like oh it came from japan and it actually came from like taiwan and i was like okay and then a Japanese culture adopted it and now they sell it like, you know how we sell hot dogs out of vendors on like the side of the street or something. They sell sushi that way. That's how it originally started selling it on the street. Yeah,
1: it was a street food. Um, there was a process of uh, shipping from China to Japan in which the fish got fermented. And then they found out that they can get that same quality of that, um, that same taste, just by using vinegar on the rice. What? Yeah, <laughs> it was a shipping error.
0: I see. When I, I immediately just pictured you like on the side of the street, like on with like a little like stand, and you're just seeing random like pedestrians walk by, and you're just like, open up your mouth, I'm gonna toss this shrimp roll in there. Open it up, open it up. And some dude's just like, what, what?
1: Oh, I 100% would do that if it was legal here.
0: Have you thought about doing that though, with um shinjitsu? That whole aspect of it. I mean, if you like sushi, uh, being a sushi chef so far, have you ever thought about just diving off and you know throwing blades around, almost killing everybody around you?
1: Um, sometimes during the rush, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, like I'll have a rush and like they'll see that I have an entire tray, like a massive cutting board, just full of rolls. I have like 10, 12 rolls on there, and right. they're like, "Oh, what's in that?" and i'm like what like
0: everything
1: <laughs> yeah man like you're gonna have to be a little more specific like i'm kind of busy
0: have you ever just had just one thought of like when you're making a sushi roll just shoving a bunch of random things inside of it just like kind of creating your own you you ever have any creative ideas
1: oh that's the one of my favorite parts about this is like the uh the owner here he gives me and the other chefs some creative like exploration so if we want to try stuff if we want to do anything he allows it if we want to try and plate it a little different so it looks different like he's he doesn't mind as long as the things that they order are in
0: there that gets into the whole art of plating i think makes sushi really really like satisfying like yeah if you go to a panda express you see the sushi rolls they're just stacked on top of each other like rolls of quarters or something And then you go to like an actual like restaurant that's like a sushi bar or something. They got it all like dazzled up. And then they have half the sauce on the plate and like little sprinkly lines. And it all looks like it should belong in an art museum. You're just sitting there like, it's, I got to take a picture first.
1: Yeah. And that's actually one of my favorite parts is when people take the picture before they eat.
0: Because you feel like an artist?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You're Picasso of the raw food industry.
1: Yeah, they almost enjoy it already before they eat it.
0: Now, what would you say would be the biggest like thing that you've learned just doing sushi like being a sushi chef in general?
1: Um, you know, really a lot of the restaurant industry I've learned from here because it's my first restaurant job. I've been here for almost 3 years now. And it's just a lot of work like <laughs> In order to get better, you just gotta continuously do the same thing, and then you just keep getting better. Uh it's helped teach me patience, you know.
0: Did you have to research anything to be able to kind of design sushi in a way? You know, we talk about learning a lot of knowledge on the job, but in preparation before you even got it, were you like looking up like different types, different styles, different techniques?
1: Yeah, for me, I did that. Um I work close to like 50 to 60 hours a week. And so Even in my off time, I'll have dinners and stuff. So I'm constantly trying to learn food since it's a completely new uh, field for me. Because, you know, there's guys who have been in the restaurant industry since 14. And they're like, oh, well, I've had all this experience. I have to catch up to them because I'm a little older than most of them. Mm -hmm. So I just constantly learn and strive to be better.
0: That's a good thing, too, because a lot of people would feel like, oh, I'm just going to dive into it, just get it as a job. But you're going out and getting more knowledge on it, too. I mean, if you look up anything, I remember uh, my buddy, um, he told me, like, if you look up sushi in the Urban Dictionary, what would pop up? So, so
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to do that now.
0: <laughs> if, I, if I asked you what sushi meant, what would you say it would be? I would say it's like it's raw seafood, but it's like wrapped around with rice and I, I guess a seaweed wrap
1: yeah I would say it's um different types of raw seafood, because um, there's different there's so many different styles of sushi, but it's all focused around that fish.
0: Exactly. And I thought the same thing. And that was what the first thing on Urban Dictionary popped up. It goes, a Japanese dish made with a lump of rice and sweetened vinegar wrapped around a vegetable slice or a fish slice. Often there's a piece of seaweed wrapped around the entire thing, but not always. Also, the vegetable or piece of fish can be on top of the rice with the seaweed wrapped around vertically. I'm like, damn. That's that's what, sushi, that's what sushi is. And then yeah. you look down at the second result, and here's where the fun begins. Apparently, to most Americans, the only food that the Japanese eat. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> then they get even crazier, and I'm like, sushi is weird, though, because I always thought it was the same exact thing. I thought when people said sushi, they were talking about California rolls. I didn't understand that there was a whole versatile menu of sushi. I didn't know that there was like... You can put shrimp in a California roll. You can put tofu in a California roll. I learned that one by mistake. Went to go grab more of whatever the basic California roll is, whatever fish they have in there. Grabbed a whole bunch of uh, tofu ones. I sit down at the Panda buffet to put my little soy sauce on top of it. My dad's like, that's a lot of California rolls. And that's like your fourth plate. I'm like, yes, sir, it is. And I go and eat one. And I'm like, this tastes nasty. And I'm like taking it out. And he's like, <laughs> He's like, "What did you get?" He's like, "Oh, you see that stuff? That's tofu." I'm like, "What the f- what's tofu?" He's like, "It's not good."
1: <laughs> yeah, um it's funny that you say that cuz tofu's like I've started incorporating that in my diet cuz I've tried to cut back on all uh, animal proteins throughout the week. And so on my weekend I eat whatever I want.
0: How does, that, how does that affect you when you're being around cooking? Well, first of all, you're cooking a lot of meat-based products, too. Like, even the Japanese, yeah. they, they primarily, or just any sushi in general, kind of primarilyizes on the whole rice factor. But you still got to have a kind of a meat in there, too.
1: Oh, yeah. So, like, um, one of the things that I've done is, since I'm not eating, like, uh, the animal proteins during the week, so my coffee, I put my protein powder in that instead of any sweetener. So I just do that. That's my, that's my breakfast. And then during lunch, I'll go and get like vegetarian stuff, like any kind of beans or lentils and stuff like that. And then I try to, I kind of, I don't try to eat so much tofu because it elevates your estrogen levels.
0: Yeah, I've heard that myth before. I've thought of it. So. That was so a big, like, th- that was a big thing when I was, uh, I use, sometimes I use soy protein cause I kind of developed like a lactose sensitivity and they always, they always talk about the estrogen levels. I'm like, all right, well, when I start growing tits that, you know, I'll, I'll cut it out then.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. And, uh, so yeah, it's just like, it's a lot of it has to do with like sustainability and, you know, I was getting tired cause during my lunch break, I'm not going to eat fish all day or chicken because we'll have chicken in the back. So I'll like go out and I'll grab a burger. But I found myself getting so tired.
0: Yeah. So well, you're overloading your body with so much nutrients too. I mean, I'm a fitness yeah. fanatic. So like, I know so many times people talk about like, as soon as they eat a pasta dinner afterwards, they're like laying down on the couch or they're taking a nap. And I'm like, it goes the same way with, sushi you know if you eat yeah. way too much at a chinese restaurant literally one of the things on urban dictionary is like it's called sushi or no it's sushi culture or something it's like when you go out to a chinese buffet you eat too much and then that feeling you get afterwards but you don't want to do anything you just want people to shut up i'm like that's perfect because it's mm-hmm. what, what it is it's a carb load i mean you're hitting yourself with yeah. rice and a lot of rice is very beneficial but a lot of like the white rice and stuff isn't as healthy it's kind of like blank so you're literally just filling up your stomach to the point that you're just bloated.
1: Yeah. Um, that's why I try not to, I only eat until I'm not hungry anymore. Like I try and cut back on everything. It's, you know, cause I was, I used to go to buffets all the time. Um, one of the things that happened to me before I got into cooking really was I was in a motorcycle accident. And so for a year, I was uh, disabled, essentially, and so I discovered what gelato was, and I just hung out on my back and ate gelato while watching Netflix for a year, so I gained a bunch of weight.
0: That's the worst thing to discover when you can't move.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because before then, I was like walking four to eight miles a day, being super active at the gym, and then I got hit, and I was like, well, can't do that anymore.
0: That's literally the same thing would be if you introduce someone to Ben and Jerry's ice cream when they just got diagnosed with diabetes.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, that year had its ups and downs, but.
0: How exactly did your accident happen?
1: So um, funniest thing is I was on the back of the mic and the girl was on the, uh, she was driving. Right. And we're lane splitting on the highway because it was back to back traffic. And this girl in this car, she didn't see us, and she just tried to jump over real quick to the next lane and clip the back tire. So that sent me flying. I uh, broke three ribs. Uh, my spine, after the impact, went 27 degrees to the left. Uh, there was – my hips were displaced by – where one leg was an inch longer than the other. Lost three discs in my lower back. And it caused severe whiplash to where my sp- uh, my neck curved towards the back of my body.
0: Mm. <laughs> I'm guessing this is where you had to switch over out of construction after that.
1: No, actually. <laughs> um, I just took time off. Uh, I, was, I was disabled. Did a rehabilitation three times a week. And then I just seen how much weight I was gaining from not moving. And that's when I started really getting into cooking.
0: Yeah, you have more time because you're kind of just sitting around, and makes you want to expand yeah. your knowledge out on something.
1: Oh yeah, I had a whole routine set up. Like it was funny. And like I, I learned how to set up routines better for my day for planning at that time. So
0: Does that it worked ever, out really. Do you ever get phantom pains like that sometimes? Like your back or something still kind of hurts from that accident.
1: No, actually, what I started doing a lot was just stretching when I wake up. And I found after like the actual process of me healing up was pretty much done. I haven't really had any pains, but if I do start to have a pain, I just, I stretch. I do yoga. It's nice.
0: That's going to be very beneficial too, because the whole factor is you're a sushi chef. You're standing up basically the whole entire time. There's no sitting down and making sushi.
1: Oh yeah. And then I come home after like a 10, 12 hour day. And then I just cook for people who are at the house
0: and got cooking on every corner.
1: Oh yeah. I gotta, I gotta make it happen.
0: <laughs> what would you say would be your favorite piece of sushi?
1: Um, so it's one of the things, uh, most places have, it. it's called a pepper fin and it's just going to be a piece of albacore tuna, like a, a thin slice. With ponzu sauce, sesame oil, and some jalapeno, and I'll eat that all day.
0: <laughs> See, my my tastes have changed. I really like California rolls. I just haven't had them in forever. I think the last time I had them, I ended up getting my 7-Eleven down the street. Um, I was getting it from there, and it was making me sick every time I ate it. And I just told the guy it was making me sick, and he was like, "Then stop buying it." And I was like, "I'm not going to stop buying it until you take it down." And after like. 8 or 9 times you finally did take it down. But <laughs> I really started enjoying recently like the wonton soup. I never okay. actually really kind of liked it. I was always like I the type like they just put it down, I'm like, eh, and just kind of picked at it and then put it away. But I actually really love the wonton aspect of it too. And then I think the most common thing when you order out takeout or something is probably general tso's chicken. It's pretty pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started trying to learn how to make all of that stuff. Because I remember one of my first restaurant experiences outside of Americanized food was a Chinese restaurant. Because other than that, I'm like, you know, five years old, six years old, whatever. And all we did was go to McDonald's and stuff like that. Or, you know, Burger King and any of those places.
0: You start to understand that a Chinese, actual authentic Chinese restaurant is completely different than an Americanized version.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, even then, that's like all before like Panda Express and stuff came out. So we had this little little spot. I still go to it this day. Um, And my mom was like, all right. She sits me down. I'm like five, six years old. She tells me, I'm going to order you something. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. We'll go get you McDonald's afterwards. But you have to try it first. And I was like, all right, that's a pretty fair deal. And they came in with a little rice bowl and this plate of uh, sweet and sour chicken. And it was unlike anything I've ever had at that point. Like, it didn't taste like the sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's. But instantly I fell in love and I was like, I love this stuff. I want to see where this place is. I want to see where it came from. I got to know about it.
0: Yeah, when I was reading that Hot Ones article, the guy was naming off all the subtle tells. You can tell if it's an Americanized place, like an actual authentic Chinese restaurant won't have a takeout menu on their door. They won't have anything like that. They won't have soy oh, yeah. sauce on the table because usually like an Americanized place will and people just dump it all over the food and they actually want you to taste the food. They want you to enjoy it rather than just drown it in a sauce.
1: Yeah, usually the soy sauce and a lot of things like that is used for cooking, not for a topping
0: one of the hardest things probably to cook with I'm going to say or at least clean with is probably going to be the that's general so sauce that's whatever the szechuan sauce they put on there because it it caramelizes like candy (laughs) yeah
1: so usually if you're using like if you're trying to like are you talking about cleaning like your pan yeah oh man so this is what you do you just throw some water in that pan and just boil it
0: I'm going to have to tell my buddy that because every time someone yeah. orders that or whenever he comes back and like talks to me, he's like, dude, someone just ordered all this stuff and it involves this. And I'm like, "Is it? Is it that's the most delicious thing. That would be your most common item. He goes, you know how hard it is to clean those fucking pans? I'm like, I, I don't. I don't because you got the job, <laughs> not me.
1: Yeah, man. Whenever I cook something like that, I just throw a couple drops of soap and then water in there. And then I just boil that water. Usually it all pops off.
0: Now, if I had to ask you what would be your most memorable experience doing sushi in general, whether it's just ordering a takeout, whether it's ordering or just making something for someone or just the experience or the overall fun you've had it, what would you say?
1: Um, I love it when, like, because I get to use a torch also, so it's a pretty big wow factor. But I love it when kids come up and they're like, oh, I don't like fish. I don't like fish. Um, They get, like, their miso soup and stuff. I'm like, all right, I'll make you something. It's on me. But you ha- if I make it for you, you got to try it because I don't want to waste the fish. And they're like, all right, because they like me watching, they like watching me use a torch and everything. So I make them something small with a bunch of sauce on it. So you can't tell there's fish almost. And they usually end up loving it. And so I get to, I get to show them their first sushi experience and they get really excited and love coming back in.
0: Yeah, I think... For me, like, my most memorable experience would probably be, I mean, the sushi one at 7-Eleven was memorable, but it was, like, not in a good (laughs) way. But me and my uh, cousin over the summer, uh, he lived with us for a little bit. He was, like, my long-lost cousin. And uh, we ended up uh, riding our bikes, like, I mean, a good couple miles just to go get, like, Chinese food. I'm a very strict eater. I usually make my own food. I don't like going out and eating anywhere. But once I got there, I was like, all right, I just peddled my ass off all the way here. I'm definitely going to enjoy some of this uh, food. The weirdest thing, okay, about my Chinese restaurant, it's called Asian Cuisine on the building, but it's not called Asian Cuisine. It's called something (laughs) completely different, and I can never remember the name for it. But right next to this Asian Cuisine place, I shit you not, it is right next to a freaking – it's next to a – what do you call it? Oh my God, where you get beer, alcohol store, liquor store. It's right next to a liquor store. And then on the other side of it is right next to a uh, uh, laundromat. Okay. Now I walked into the Chinese restaurant, talked to the woman. Uh, I'm that like, sounds about normal. <laughs> I did not know that. And I, I asked her, I was like, can I get this? Can I get this and a side of that? And then she was like, okay, 10 minutes. And I was like, all right. And then um, I was like, can I get a, egg roll too or maybe a fortune cookie on top of that just for someone back home and she's like yeah 10 minutes and immediately walked away from me i'm like all right she's putting my order in the back i'm like might as well go pick up some dry cleaning that my mom said was there at the laundromat walk over to the laundromat same exact fucking woman look i had to stop and i go is my brain is my brain playing tricks on me i went up to her i was like didn't i just see you at the thing and i had to hesitate even asking that because i didn't want to come off as racist or anything i was like did you were you not just over at the Chinese restaurant did I not just put an order for you and she goes yeah this is all owned by us I'm like what do you mean their back wall there is none so they can walk right behind the thing and then go right over to the next place
1: that's amazing that's she, that's so
0: great she was <laughs> like we run this we run the Chinese restaurant and we also run the liquor store and I'm like that's why you guys are always yelling at me and being so quick you guys are doing a lot of shit
1: yeah man that's they got a they got a good hustle going on. That's the whole block right there.
0: I'm, it's, a, it's telling you it's gonna be some gang thing because they <laughs> food lines right yeah. next door, and f- nobody at food line likes that place.
1: Uh, I think a lot of it also has to do with like when they get the kids, they gotta they want to work hard so that way their kids don't have to work the same things that they do.
0: Well, that's why, yeah, they're, we that's, that's, that's why they're always picked on by every other race. The fact is when they are in their 30s, they're retired with like own, owning six different companies and we're all still working our ass off.
1: Well, that's because they worked all their ass off since they were like four.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> you got the kids running around setting place, place mats, doing napkins, doing dishes at like four to six years old because that's what they can do. And they're like, oh, well. We got our retirement set up already.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's an overall good experience though. Like if you go to a place like that, cause they're very, very like nice to you. And they, you know, they leave you alone too. I really don't like it when like a waiter or somebody comes over and they're sitting there. Oh, how's everything going? And then they put the hand on the shoulder. I'm like, bruh, can I get some yeah. space? Like you just came by five minutes ago. Well, let me know if you need anything. And then they're staring around the corner just staring at you waiting for your drink to get empty. I'm like, I, I appreciate that. But trust me, man, I don't want to, I'm, I'll, I'm perfectly fine with just asking or raising my hand or, you know, doing something else.
1: Yeah. I, I get upset when it just
0: takes forever to get a refill. That's like my big pet peeve. I I can get that one. Yeah. I've sat for pretty long before anybody came over to get me a refill or anything. Did you want anything else? I'm like, can I get, uh, I'm not even finished with my meal. Can I get like a drink or something? It's like, yeah, yeah, I guess. I'm like, all right. Cause, and mostly <laughs> in my area, if you're not going to like a place that's kind of out of Ocean City a little bit, more like a couple miles away, um, you're dealing with a lot of kids my age, a lot of younger kids that are either getting a job for the first time that are really just like there because like, yeah, and they're looking at their phone. I'm like, what's what's happening?
1: Yeah. Um, like, it's funny. There's like, you know, for me, I feel like, for phone and stuff it's whatever but if there's a job to do just get it done like
0: you can't even be on your phone when you're making sushi though either they gotta probably have you put them in a locker or something
1: yeah um i just don't touch it you know it's just like in case like i gotta call like the boss or anything or he calls me it's on me but for the most part it's just i keep myself busy
0: Do you like to think of it when you're cooking sushi as like a performance? I always like that aspect of it. Like, I don't like telling them what I want on it, but I like watching the show that they put on. Like, I think that's what makes like Tokyo steakhouse or something so fascinating because half the time it's not even the process of cooking the food. Like it's just them throwing around knives and shit. And you're like, where's the volcano? Where's the volcano?
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. That's like, that's honestly one of my favorite parts. Cause I like attention. I like all that, you know, if, that's why i have my instagram i like attention i like everybody to be like oh i mean i use it also as like a portfolio but in general i love that attention that people give me like i can't do this i love what you're doing i want to watch you do it all day
0: yeah it's weird though with different foods it's different like people have different tastes obviously but why is sushi so damn popular i'm guessing is because we just don't get it here like it's not naturally a thing that we do we're bringing it in from somewhere else or we're picking it up from a different culture like if you go to japan or another place like that where that's pretty primary they're mostly eating other stuff they're eating things that are not from around there
1: yeah um that's a part of it i think another part is it's so much healthier than the other alternatives you have out there like even when you go and get a steak from a place they just drench it in butter you know like if you go and get a steak at any steakhouse or anything it's delicious but there's like a gallon of butter on it
0: yeah have you ever thought about traveling and kind of getting more experience from a place that actually does this there well
1: i got that when i got the sushi in um i mean i need more experience obviously but uh, i'll be going to korea here in march i'll be going to vacation there and then try out all the foods and see if I can find someone to teach me some recipes while I'm there, then I'll be going to Louisiana after that.
0: Mm, You're going to two completely different locations.
1: Yeah. My thing is I just want to learn a new food in a new spot.
0: Yeah. If you go out to Louisiana, I'm pretty sure you're dealing with like a lot of like, uh, let me call it, uh, what's that soup? Why am I blanking on soups?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you eat a lot of soup?
0: I eat a good amount. I like clam chowder. I'm a big fan of that. And I I don't know, chicken noodles just too basic for me every time someone okay. pulls out chicken noodle I'm like, "Yeah, come on, man. I'm not sick or anything. I feel fine." Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of soup until recently. I'm still I I'm, I'm still on the fence about it. It has to be a really good soup, like an egg drop. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I like hot and sour soup. Clam chowder is one of my favorites for sure.
0: Yeah, I love that one. I'd go to New England just to have some New England clam chowder.
1: Yeah, we got. sometimes I go to San Francisco for their bread bowls because they got that sourdough bread bowl with the clam chowder inside.
0: That's what I really love about if you travel anywhere, the amount of, like, the food experience, too, is completely different. If you go out to Kentucky, you know, fried chicken, if you go wherever you want to go. But I remember I went to Hawaii one time, And you would think like, oh, it's fish. I'm already from a fish town. So it's like the last thing. It's like I eat fish every day. I don't really want fish. Surprisingly, like we stopped at a McDonald's down there because my grandmom's like, I just paid two grand for all of us to take a trip to Hawaii. And I'm plus I'm playing a hotel room and gas and a rental car. We're getting fucking $1 cheeseburgers right now. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue. I'm just along for the ride. (laughs) I hate mayo. And I grabbed this cheeseburger and I'm like, all right, well, might as well have bite i bite into it there's this white paste on it and i tell the lady i'm like i don't like mayo she's like there's no mayo on it and i'm like this is mayo what are you talking about this is mayo dude it's called poi yeah it's a root it's a lard is what it is (laughs) it's like a mix if if you mix mayo and butter together put it in a sock that's what poi is to me and I'm like, this tastes disgusting. And she's like, yeah, a lot of American people don't like poi. But this is what we are kind of raised on. We're raised on poi. They feed it to the babies. It's what it's very, very fatty. That's why they get pretty big. And I'm like, damn. Like, it's just, it's, a, it's one of those overpowering tastes. Like, you know, if someone burns something or you're trying to eat something you don't like, you just start dumping ketchup all over it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, when I first tried poi, I was not a fan. They told me. They're like, oh, just put sugar on it. So I did that, and they're like, ha you eat it like children. I was like, oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> eat it like children, putting sugar on poise. Like they put this, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, well, I mean... They're they're huskier culture man. That's (laughs) like they'll rip a coconut in half with their bare hands. I can't do that.
0: That's That's, like when Arby's is like, would you like a meat sandwich? Like, sure. Like, would you like double bacon? It's like, uh, yes. And it's like, and we can add a bacon sauce on top of that. It's like, let's just stick the IV in my arm now. Yeah.
1: Sometimes you gotta do it, man. Just gotta go for it sometimes.
0: What are the most popular things that you usually get ordered across your table when you're uh, doing your sushi cooking?
1: Um, a lot of stuff I get, uh, because of, especially since the area I'm in, uh, it's a lot of sauces. People really like sauces out in this area. So, because um, we make all of our sauces in-house, and so we have a different taste uh our like our palate is a lot broader than a lot of the other places around us so it really just anything with all of our sauces on it and they just get sides of sauces it's
0: <laughs> do you um try I might and as well to, just drink it do you go well i mean that was the same thing at one point i was eating chicken tenders like the dino nuggets i mean i was probably oh, yeah. i stopped eating those when i was like 19 i think but i mean i was dumping honey mustard all over those things to the point where it was like soup like that Ken's cow's yeah. honey mustard. Like, oh, get your life together.
1: What kind of, uh, what's what's your normal, typical meal like you got
0: going on throughout your week? I've been eating clean for probably seven years now. Um, I, Recently, I've been starting to incorporate like foods I usually don't eat. Um, But like I'm, I'm strict on my diet pretty much. Like it's always cabbage, like raw cabbage. I like to make raw tacos where you take like a taco or a cabbage leaf, like a fresh cabbage, you peel Mm -hmm. it back. You take a little bit of like canned tuna, um, some vegetables or something. I'm a, I usually yogurt at night or something, but just just light salads and meals and stuff with like fish, always fish or chicken.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I am not a fan of canned tuna. That's, probably the worst meat i've ever had
0: see i don't i don't <laughs> i don't get that about a lot of people because a lot of people are like kato tuna is terrible i'm like what are you tasting in it when i eat it it's just it's drowned out by something else i usually put a spice on top of it i'm gonna tell you like i tell every other chef that i have that comes on this podcast if you put oregano on your salad or on anything in general it'll make it taste like domino's pizza crust
1: yeah and they got a pretty solid crust now yeah. Not so much a while ago, but now it's pretty solid. What do
0: you mean not so much a while ago? That's like all I, I remember. Look, everyone sees like a picture of me on Instagram <laughs> and they immediately say, oh, you got a six pack. You must be like clean eating and full on. And I'm like, dude, I used to kill a medium Domino's pizza with the two liter, the seven ninety nine combo by myself and just sit and play video games while eating a bag of spicy nacho Doritos. But at one point I made life changes and I feel a little bit better. Now I don't sweat out Doritos.
1: Yeah, which, you know, I mean, that could be a good thing, depending on the scenario.
0: I don't know, because <laughs> the first two weeks I went to the gym after making that change, I was sweating nothing but spicy nacho. And I swear to God, if I walk by a Dorito aisle now, I'll throw up.
1: Oh, that's, you know, it's funny. I don't even really eat those chips. I by, The chips I usually eat are like just uh, original Fritos. Like, I like those, and I like tortilla chips. Super plain,
0: but <laughs> isn't that the same thing that they put have at a Chinese restaurant? Is those little Frito things?
1: No, those are just little sort of like those are more like a pastry, like a fried pastry.
0: What are you talking about, fried pastry? Yeah, you're talking about
1: like the little crispy wontons.
0: Not the wonton in the soup, but the things you put into no. the wonton soup.
1: No, it's just well, that's the name they give it. I'm sure it has a different name, and you know in a different language, but it's like the little crispy yellow chip looking thing.
0: Yeah, it looks like a Frito. Yeah,
1: that's a that's a wonton.
0: Oh my well where's that's the just meat? a
1: crispy wonton. No, it's that's just like the wrapper.
0: You're changing so the like, game. I the thought meat, they, they gave it some meat like inside a- that makes it a dumpling. Oh okay. That that's wow that's new <laughs> see I, uh, I, man,
1: I I love food man it's <laughs>
0: I looked at a fortune cookie and I didn't find out until like when I was like 17 or something that a fortune cookie is actually a palate cleanser. It's meant to have before a meal or in the middle of a meal, not afterwards. Ah, uh,
1: I didn't know that either.
0: It's because it apparently has su- such a blank of taste that it can just clean your palate off.
1: Okay. It's funny. A couple of days before um, we started talking about doing this podcast, I got a fortune that said you're gonna receive a call that's important.
0: I don't think this was that call.
1: It could be, it could be. It made my day, <laughs> <laughs> it could be.
0: <laughs> that's the best part about a Chinese restaurant is when you get the fortune cookie and you open it up. There's the people, like, yeah. all right, I have to ask this first. How do you open up your fortune cookie?
1: Um, I split it in the middle and then I put the fortune away be- until I eat the cookie.
0: Okay, that's, that's good. All right,
1: but I won't touch the cookie until I'm done eating.
0: Oh, you open it up first? You get it first?
1: Uh, no. Sometimes they'll just bring me everything, and I will just put it to the side, and I won't touch it till I'm done eating. I won't read the fortune until I'm done with the cookie. That's just like my little superstition.
0: Yeah. See, with the way I do a fortune cookie is I usually just uh break it and then take the fortune out, and then eat the cookie, and then look at the fortune. So the basic way. But I know some people that just yeah. shove the full thing in their mouth. And I'm like, dude, you just swallowed your fortune. But they're the funniest ones to <laughs> get, though. Like, I love the fortune cookie ones. Like, you always get something that – it's like a horoscope. It's like, I don't know what it does. It invokes that feeling like, oh, this is totally me right now, like that whole thing. But then you, <laughs> yeah. you get one where it's like I remember the first time I read one was like your winning Powerball numbers are thirty-four, sixty-two, seventy-one, and eighty five. I'm like, what kind of fortune is this? And like my grandmom's like, you flip it over. I'm like, oh, gotta read that part first.
1: I had one in French the other day. I had to send it out on my Snapchat. I was like, Hey, can someone translate this for me?
0: I wanna know who they hired a fortune cookie factory. Are they just hiring motivational speakers or joke tellers?
1: It's probably just Google AI. (laughs) Fill in the blanks.
0: I I have one in my car, actually, that's like, life is filled with happiness, but sometimes it sucks. I'm like, that's so true. Yeah. Like, I I want a fortune cookie that's going to teach me all about the birds and the bees. Imagine a kid getting that.
1: (laughs) That would be uh, a lot of explaining just for some soup
0: it would be a long fortune, we would say. (laughs) Now, if you had to say what was one of the worst things that you are, like, at least around or involved with in just sushi cooking in general, the one thing you don't like the most? I would have to say it would probably be the cleanup, because after hearing how long it takes to clean that shit up, it just gets annoying.
1: Yeah, um, it's a lot of constant cleaning, too. It's not just like, oh, we're going to clean it once right now, and then it's done. Like, I constantly have to keep everything clean. I have to keep everything, you know, nice and sterile and try to keep everything from touching itself or cross-contamination or whatnot. And then one of the worst parts that comes in is when someone has an allergy. And so then I have to, like, soak down my whole board, do everything, you know, I have to wash everything in the back or, you know, do a really thorough job up in front. And... I can only work on that one part
0: I'm at al- a time. I'm allergic to red dye number one and red dye number three. You're just like, I don't know what that is. If you start having like a, a a reaction to something, I got an EpiPen and I'll jab you in the neck.
1: Well, some people come in and they're like, oh, I'm allergic to fish. You can't touch anything. Why?
0: Why? Stop. Stop right there. Don't even explain the rationale behind that. If you're allergic to fish, don't go into a, a sushi place.
1: That's what I'm saying. and. They're like, it can't even touch the same, you know, grill as a fish. And I'm like, well, we have one grill, we clean it. And, you know, after like every use we clean it and, but there shouldn't be a problem because everything should have burned off. Like anything, you know, any residue we clean that, we, you know, clean that spot. And then, cause there's going to be sauce on it. You can't just throw it on or else it cakes on.
0: Man, but does it all burn off? I thought about that when I thought about getting cremated. I was like, how do you know if you're getting all my ashes in there? Maybe there's a little bit of somebody else. Oh, no, there's
1: there's chunks of bones and stuff in there, too, that your whole body doesn't get cremated.
0: That's what I'm saying, though. But when you get cremated (laughs) and they take your ashes, how do you know you're getting all my ashes? It could be 99.9% me, and then there could be a 0.1% of Uncle Steve that passed away like eight months ago
1: um that's because they use a shop vac on the belt
0: how do you know that i'm
1: just i'm just just kidding i don't know that's i was like (laughs) i totally made that up i was like
0: before you worked at a construction did you work in a crematory because i'd like to it's the one person i'm trying to get on besides a sushi chef. you've completed that mission i'm trying to find someone that works in like a mortuary i'm like what's it like working there just being around dead things all the time
1: Oh, I used to work at a a post-acute facility, so it's more like a long-term hospital, and that was crazy.
0: That just had to be sad. I mean, you want to talk about being a sushi chef and hearing people's stories and experiences and the conversations you have. The ones you're having in that type of place is like, oh my God, everyone's telling me their whole entire story about their life. It's interesting, but it's sad because you know it's ending.
1: But yeah, a lot of them were there for like just long-term rehabilitation. Some of them, you know, it was just, that place was just crazy.
0: Now, when it comes to anything you want to do in the future, did you want to try and branch off and own up your own restaurant?
1: Yeah, actually. um, I'm trying to open one in my hometown in the next few years. Um, I do small things, small community events out here, like, Over Thanksgiving and Christmas, I took two families in, and I made them full dinners, gave them all the leftovers, because I don't really do anything with my family. So I had the means and the time off, so I just
0: made them full dinners and sent them out. Now, what would you call your restaurant? You've had to an idea for it at some point. Oh... Well, first of all, hold on. Before you even think of a name, what about what are you cooking? Are you cooking everything like you're doing kind of in, right now besides just sushi or you're cooking other things as well?
1: I think it would be a surf and turf. Um, I think that's pretty easily profitable, but it still goes in line with what I know.
0: And my one buddy, he, um, he wanted to open up a burrito bar and I was like, what's that? He's like, it's a burrito place, but there's a bar inside of it. So you can drink and then get a burrito. I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Cause when you get hammered, the one thing you want is like greasy food or you want like Taco Bell or something. Oh yeah. And it eliminates drunk driving. Cause the fact is you don't have to leave the bar to go get a taco. Yeah. Do you
1: have a, do you have a fast food spot you like?
0: I'm not I haven't eaten fast food in a while, but if I was gonna tear down a place, it'd have to be probably Arby's. Our Wendy's burned down. They called it Greek lightning. I don't know what that means because there wasn't any clouds in the sky at the time. But mm-hmm. Taco Bell's a really good spot, man. They really narrowed it down. Most people say Chick Fil A, and honestly, I I don't I, I get it, but I think it's mostly the sauce. And kind of the atmosphere of Chick fil A is why people like it so much. It's very orderly. It's very, you know, clean. But if you walk into like a McDonald's, it just seems like there's tension in the air.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause no one wants to be there. <laughs>
0: yeah. And they never want to make me an ice cream for some reason.
1: That's cause the machine's broken.
0: Yeah. They've been saying that for like 15 years. And I don't, I don't know why they just don't get it fixed.
1: Oh, um, it's because they can't find the right, um, engineer to come in for it. Uh, I must have to order <laughs> him. from somewhere. <laughs> no, um, oh, no, I don't know. I talk about one of my favorites for sure.
0: Well, what is, um, you ever thought about instead of just doing surf and turf, just branching off and making like a combination of like fish tacos or something.
1: Yeah, but that's, you know, that could be at a surf and turf. Like it's.
0: Yes. But I mean. You want to, don't, I I get the kind of the whole open variety of things. Like, but I find that with a lot of like local business owners that I've talked to, when they prioritize their business, they specialize in something becoming so open ends up turning it into that kind of buffet atmosphere, unless that's what you're going for.
1: No. Um, the first one I want, because I plan on just branching out trying to do as much as possible is, uh, the surf and turf, where it's primarily going to be just the steak and the couple fish, and the the thing that's going to make it different is going to be the sauces, because tortillas don't really have a high overhead, you know. Yeah. So it's not going to be that difficult to be like, "Uh, oh, these ones are bad, throw them out," you know. And so, um, something like that isn't too difficult to add into the menu, but it's going to be the sauces where it takes off its point.
0: Yeah, every place has a specialty. I know Chick Fil A capitalizes on that Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah. And they only give you like one or two and you're like, no 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 no. This is not how the game is played. Yeah. What would you call it then? If you're thinking surf and surf, it's gotta have some type of idea in there. Uh
1: well since I want it to be kind of like a family atmosphere, I was thinking of uh calling it something like a mother's love. And then I wanna have because I was raised by a single mom And a bunch of other moms from my friends all helped raise me, and I was thinking about getting a mural done of all of them on the
0: wall. I'm already tearing up like the end of Titanic. That's seriously that's a really that's a really good one. I like that.
1: Yeah, and like I want uh, my cousin. She actually is running a restaurant right now, and so I want her to be involved with me because she has kids, and I'm like, you know, I want a place for all of our family where we can go work and all the kids work and stuff. So they can make extra money because we all grew up pretty poor.
0: Just like a takeout restaurant. You want the family involved.
1: Yeah, that, and I can pay them less.
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's why they're always so angry. <laughs> but it, it is interesting because I always thought about if I was going to own a restaurant, I would open up probably a sushi restaurant, mostly because I'm, I love it so much um even though like i barely get the chance to eat it i think that's probably why i like it a lot it's just the amount of kind of variety and style it is to it too like it's literally an art form i mean cooking is obviously an art but a lot of the times it doesn't take much to throw a cheeseburger together it doesn't take much to do this but when it comes to the overall process of sushi it really capitalizes on the idea of like a picture moment that's literally why a lot of people when they get sushi it's taking a picture i mean i know so many sushi chefs that have been trying to get on the podcast but their instagram just like yours is just it's it's like the art of plating
1: yeah and i had to learn all of that because before if i ever made anything it was just everything thrown on a plate and it was like well it's not very you know like it tastes good but it does it look like shit really
0: what would you say the biggest thing to focus on in plating would be obviously it probably has to be like i guess the placement of the way the food is on the plate i guess i mean i see a lot of people use things with like it's different sides and different sauces and the spacing of it i mean i've seen people use rulers just to measure out the spacing perfectly
1: oh yeah i don't i'm i'm not at that point um I try and keep everything just, I'll, I'll test it out. You know, I'll test it out in my head. I have the way I want the plate to look and then I'll plate it like that. If it doesn't fall like that, I adjust small things. Um, it's just, I, you know, and there's, I've been reading a bunch of different books on it and everything. So it's like there's rules of thirds and like, uh, odd numbers are more pleasing and so uh, there's a lot of uh, random things sense. in there.
0: That makes sense. Why if you look at like someone uh plates a pastry, they just have one on there, like just one. It's like well, where's the where's two? We usually go in evens. It's like, no, but odds more attractive to the eyes.
1: Yeah. And so they'll do that. And like if there's a the croissant, they'll have like different things that come out. So it makes it look more like a crescent shape. Uh, you know, like sauces that drop out with more of a crescent shape and things leaning on it. And Uh, I don't like putting anything on the plate that has nothing to do with the flavor of it. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Like if you're making like fish or something, and then you just drop like a pastry right beside it, like what the, what what does this happen to do? We're mixing seafood.
1: If it looks pretty, it doesn't matter if it has no functionality on the plate.
0: And that's why there's garnishes.
1: Yeah. And usually I don't even like garnishes unless they like add function to that because like, it's I, I think it's worthless
0: <laughs> what would you consider the easiest things to do to kind of spice up or make a plate look nice i feel like just adding a slice of a lemon really kind of makes anything i mean from a basic meal on a plate to when you're getting a coke or something from a restaurant and they put a lemon wedge on there i'm like you just made me fucking picasso made art right here yeah um
1: one of the easiest things that you can do is just take like a green onion Do small slices of the green onion, throw that on top of something. And that makes everything, like, it pops the colors out a lot. Especially, like, in the food I cook right now is a lot of, like, predominantly Asian food. I get a lot of Korean food, uh, Chinese food, and, like, Japanese food. And throwing that green onion on top just makes all, like, the reds or the orange or, you know, any of that, like, really
0: pop gumbo that's what it's called that fucking soup in, <laughs> in louisiana it's gumbo yeah. As, i don't know how my brain just linked to that you said something and then immediately i thought of forrest gump what his mom was cooking all the time and then i thought gumbo <laughs> she made all kinds of things with shrimp coconut <laughs> shrimp fish shrimp gumbo okay but well when it comes to the difference was, i'm sorry i threw us off when it comes to the difference <laughs> of korean food um Chinese food and Japanese food what do you mean by that aren't they like people label them all in the same category kind of seems like they focus on the same items but there's a distinct difference
1: uh well yeah I mean there's a lot of different parts like even like for instance uh Korean food by itself um if you're like more northerner or more southerner like in South Korea they're gonna have different types of food because there's different areas where different things grow.
0: Yeah, if in and, South Korea, you're probably not getting anything. or No, it's North no, Korea right No, Which North
1: point? Korea. No, I'm talking about like, okay, South Korea in the country. So if you're on like the coast, you're going to eat more fish and stuff like that. If you're more, you know, like in the plains, you're going to eat more vegetable based stuff. You know, so all the recipes differ based on what they're around.
0: Oh, just so like, it's like going from Ocean City, it, I got nothing but fish here. And if you go somewhere like Tennessee, you're dealing with nothing but barbecue.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even, like, barbecue is its crazy thing because there's Texas-style barbecue. There's, like, Tennessee. You know, like, they got all the different southern states have their own different styles of barbecue.
0: You can smoke your meat. You can grill your meat. You can boil your meat. You can go anywhere with your meat. You can even beat your meat if you want.
1: Sometimes. Depends. You could get in trouble for that. Yeah. Depends where you're doing
0: it. It's got to not be very sanitary. I mean, even one of the most, I think, complicated places to work being in a sushi restaurant or something that cooks with raw fish or something is the fact is the FDA regulates you guys pretty heavily compared to other restaurants.
1: Oh, yeah. We have to keep pretty clean. Um, We don't, yeah, we're cleaning two, three times a day, like harder cleaning than just like wiping things down. You know, like we start the morning, we clean everything pretty heavy, midday we cleaned super you know we clean heavy and then at night we cleaned really heavy again just in case
0: yeah i know a lot of my um, local uh, seafood places down here ended up getting closed down when that big tilapia scare came by where there was a bunch of mercury increasing and oh it caused, yeah it caused a lot of people to look at fish differently but a lot of places got shut down because of contamination and stuff and i actually mm-hmm. got my blood levels tested because i've been eating probably a can of tuna like once or twice a day for like the past seven years and my doctor's like i learned to do this blood test real quick and we did a I think it was like i had a schedule for it or something and then go back in for it and when i got the blood test done they told me my i had high mercury levels in my blood and i was like what does that mean he's like just lay off the tuna for a little bit i'm like yeah but that's like telling me to not breathe because it's so good <laughs>
1: Uh, if the doctor told me to stop eating canned tuna, i'd be like not a problem it sounds yeah, see, perfect
0: that's that's the same way i feel about eating a grapefruit or eating avocado i made that bad experience too when i ate that tofu california roll they had avocado in there and i swear to god i am puked. puke
1: <laughs> that's how my roommate is he hates avocado and i'll bring home rolls and i just have avocado and stuff he's like why can't you just not put avocado in there?
0: See, I know all about diet and all about vegan pe- things. But as soon as I hear someone say vegan, I immediately think uh, avocado. And then I immediately think like, it's the one fruit that expires like 10 minutes after you buy it. It's like, you're not allowed to eat the fruit right now. It's like, well, when can I eat it? Like I know bananas are probably a couple of days later and then they'll get the yellow or Brown or something. And they're like, no, this is going to expire on December 26, 1992. It's like, what? That's like 30 years ago. It's like, yeah, it's already expired. It's like, then why are you selling it? It's like it just did. It's like, what are you saying right now? I feel like I'm in a fucking lucid dream. <laughs>
1: yeah, um avocados are a tricky one. Where I'm at, it's pretty easy because we got good avocados in California.
0: I think if you were gonna think of a nice sushi roll to make, I wanna see somebody incorporate something with banana.
1: With banana. Okay.
0: Think about it. Just taking a this California roll like blank before you put anything in it. And putting like a little slice of banana in there, a little bit of fruit or something, and then doing it that way. You know, you get the best of both worlds. You get fruit and then you get, you know, vegetables.
1: Well, like they have um so uh some Thai food, they have like dessert rice. Like it's a dessert sticky rice to put like mango in there. So I'm oh. sure you could do something similar with a banana and make like a dessert roll
0: i actually have to change what i said about my favorite thing to get at a takeout restaurant because i went to hawaii um when i went there's a thing called spam musubi down there and that is the best thing i've ever eaten in my entire life
1: (laughs) i used to live on the um in oahu yeah that's
0: that's where i went and got them they had the abc stores you walk right down the street and grab Mm. one of those suckers
1: 7-eleven has the best spam musubi on the island
0: man i'm telling you (laughs) i never look i never knew what this food was i don't like spam but when it's done like that it's good and they have it wrapped in like uh what is that saran wrap they wrap it in that and they have it just sitting Mm -hmm. there like where you can walk by the fridges in the gas station and just grab one
1: grab them, you need them
0: and my cousin he's he's like a gangster i would say he like acts like he's a gang member he's lived in hawaii his whole life so he's all part of these like different types of things and screams out gang signs and stuff i don't understand it and i don't know um but he walks with his pants probably below his crotch to the point where my grandmom's like hey pull your pants up i can see your dick and when your grandmom says that to you you pull your pants up um she ended up buying him a belt but i remember he was like you ever (laughs) had they speak pigeon down there which is like um, american mixed with hawaiian or something he's like he goes hey cuz you ever had a spamasubi i'm like what? What did you just say? He's like, you hungry? I'm like, I'm very hungry. Let's go get some food then. He goes, all right, I'll get you just some Spamasubi. He starts sticking like 30 Spamasubi rolls down his pants. And I'm just looking at him. I'm like, I'm not eating that, man. Walks out of the that's... store. I'm like, did you just stole. And I'm not eating that because it was down your pants. He goes, look, cuz it's wrapped in foil. And he hands it to me. And I'm like, okay, I tried it. Dude, they're amazing. They're a yeah. dollar. I'm like, I'll, I'll spend the money on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's I used to get that with, um, there was one, and it had a little piece of egg on there. And I would get that for breakfast, and then I'd go rebuild pallets. That was my breakfast every morning when I was doing that.
0: Nothing but protein, baby.
1: Yeah. Can't be good for the rest of the, like that morning when I had a small lunch. I was all right.
0: I like that little in-between thing. You would think it would be like a meal, but it's it, it satisfies you. Yeah. We need to make America have Spamasubi here instead of me making it at home.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I actually tried to bring that up at work. I was like, "We should probably make this," and my boss just looked at me. He's like, "Absolutely not." He was like, "We're we do sushi, we do Japanese food." He's like, "We're not gonna do spam Musubi. I'm like,
0: oh, "You're missing so good out there. on such a large, <laughs> like, just that's so beneficial for the company. That's an idea."
1: Yeah, it's a cheap thing that people can get. Although spam is way more expensive than everyone thinks now. They think it's like a super cheap meat, but it is not.
0: It's eight bucks a can.
1: Um over That's here. Expensive. It was
0: like, That's expensive.
1: It was like three fifty for a can, but it's like a quarter of a pound. You know, so you're paying like, you know, fifteen dollars up to like fifteen dollars for the pound. I'm like,
0: you know, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Look, the only thing I'll ever spend the highest I'll spend for one item food wise is $5 and that only comes to honey smacks. That's the only one food I will pay five bucks for.
1: Okay. That's a good one. That's a solid choice of cereal. Yeah, I, got I don't salmonella think I've had
0: from that I've never almost got salmonella from sushi though.
1: <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. It's quality of fish.
0: <laughs> well, I really appreciate you, Josh coming out and doing the podcast, man.
1: Oh yeah, man. This was a great time. Thanks, man.
0: Is there anything you want to promote, like your Instagram page to people to find your awesome work and your forms of plating?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Just check me out on my Instagram at the underscore naked underscore apron. And if you have any questions, feel free to uh, direct message me. I'm always available.
0: What types of questions can people send you because you're opening that up to a wide variety of audiences here we got people that's like putting your address on reddit and expecting some guy that's looking to punch somebody in the balls not to show up oh i'm all right
1: you want to ask a question we'll figure it out together if i don't know the answer
0: is santa claus real sometimes so that's a magic eight ball answer that's not a fortune cookie answer yeah
1: I'm just saying like, it depends, you know, if you want to believe it hard enough and someone shows up to your house in a Santa Claus costume, that's real for that moment.
0: Okay. All right. Mr. Laffy Taffy rapper, (laughs) giving me a twist on words.
1: (laughs) All right, man. You have a great day. Um,
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of out of the blank podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.